Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Praise the Lord. How am I supposed to follow that? Seriously? It seems like every song that we sang tonight was speaking to my heart. Because when we come in this place, we want to get in His presence. We want to feel Him in this place, right? So, just before I, I didn't know what, where we were going to go, so I'm thinking, all right, well, I'm going to be getting ready to get up there. I'm like, One of the songs we started singing, it's Come Flood This Place. This atmosphere. Your glory is what our hearts long for, to be overcome by your presence. And I think a lot of us were just in that presence. A lot of us reacted to that presence. A lot of us felt something. But then when Alex came, and that song, (laughs) it's tough. Because it puts things into perspective in our lives. Because we put a lot of things before God. And you don't think of them as idols. You think it's just one little harmless thing. But uh, that song told us, if you put it before God, it's an idol. Uh, That's one of the Ten Commandments. Don't have any idols. God thought that was pretty big. And uh, we do it on a daily basis. When we think about things of this world, the uh, cars, TVs, the the physical things of this world, the sports teams, I kind of got to watch that one, so I'm a big fan, I've got to watch that, that hits home, that hits home, let me tell you, but I don't want to put anything before my God, because I don't want to get to heaven, get up there, and God says, you know what? You did all right. But those Green Bay Packers, they held you back just a little bit. You know what what I'm saying? Just a little talk to you today. So I want those words to stick in my heart, to be down in my heart, just like the Word of God. Because if we don't have those words, we're going to forget them. How dangerous is it to forget? When we forget why we're here, what we're doing here, it's very dangerous because we will have no desire to come here. We will have no desire to be saved. We will have no desire to worship. It's a very, very dangerous place to not have a desire. I want to give honor to my bishop tonight. He's just there. He's, right before I come up, he's just like, take away the butterflies. Take away. He knows. <laughs> and... uh. And I thank him for that. He's there for an encouraging word, a warm hug, always there. He, uh, if you've been here and you've been listening to him, he's been getting a little distraught on himself, thinking he's not quite where he used to be. He's still my bishop. He's still. Yes, give him that praise. He's still there. He was here when I first came here. 
He's still preaching the word. Not as often, but that's okay. But he's still here. He's still someone for us to look at and for us to say, you know what, if he can still do it at his age, I can too. You know what? If he can still get up there and kick and, and, and just sweat and just run and shout, I can too. I, I give him honor for that. Give honor to my pastor because he's not here and he still wants me to preach or teach whatever. I don't know. I don't know if he's playing that or not. I mean, if I don't have to be there, you know. No, I know he's going to listen to that and I give him honor for trusting me to come forth with the word even when he's not here. That, uh, that's good teaching. He trusts me. I give honor to Brother Mason, my youth pastor when I first came in. He'll always be someone that I look up to. Because from day one, we've come in. He's always been a Bears fan, which I just don't get. But, but I've, I've worked on his son. His son, you know, a little bit more moldable. He's younger. <laughs> but Brother Mason, he's been here from the beginning. He's always been there for me. He's always been encouraging and just like he said tonight, even when he's going through struggles, he still showed up. That's hard for people. I mean, when you think about the hardest struggle you've gone through and you want to still show up, that's hard for people. That's that desire. And I just want to thank all of you for being in this place, for being here today, for coming to encourage me. And I pray that what God has given me, what I've brought forth, does not hinder what has already happened in this place. I pray that what he's given me is something that can just take it just a little bit further. I brought a few scriptures that way. If you don't get anything, you've got the word. As pastor would say, if you leave here with nothing, you've got the word. All right? So I want to start off with Galatians 5 and 1. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. It says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free. Amen. Would you guys help me pray right now? God, we love you and we pray for you, God. We thank you, God, for your word and for your presence in this place already. We're praying, God, Lord, that you would just have your way, God. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. And as Brother Mason would say, that's a courtesy, not a command. He hasn't said that for a while. Forgetfulness happens. <clears throat> so Tuesday is July 4th, 4th of July, a day in which we celebrate our freedom, right? A day filled with parades, red, white, and blue, the American flag, cookouts, friends, family, and fireworks, right? right. Most of us will watch a fireworks show or maybe even light some fireworks for ourselves. But all of us will hear them somewhere. I'm sure. My dogs will be going crazy, and, and Shay's going to be freaking out just a little bit, trying to sedate the dogs from barking so much. But as we prepare to celebrate this 4th of July, I think it might be good to refresh our memories just why 
and what we're celebrating. You know, some of us didn't really care that much about history class. We just did it to pass. We had to be there. But it's a day in which we celebrate that we gained our independence from Great Britain. The 13 colonies were not happy with the laws and taxes that were being imposed on them, so they decided to do something about it. They decided to stand up. Because if you read about it, and I did a little bit more studying because I'm like, well, you know, we might have to have a little bit of history. So just scrolling through, trying to study all I can. And, and they, they were being taxed, and they just didn't have any representation in the British government. So all these things were happening. Without them, they're just saying, hey, this stuff's going to happen. You guys have no say-so. They didn't like it, understandably. So we have the Declaration of Independence, which was signed on July 4th, 1776. But in order to have that Declaration of Independence signed on July 4th, 1776, we know that there had to be sacrifices made for us to have that freedom. So I'm sure I'm not the only one. I'm sure everyone in here has been told nothing in life is free. If you want something, you have to pay for it. There's a cost to everything. Even those things that say they're free are not free. Got to read that fine print. So it was the American Revolutionary War that had to take place for us to gain our freedom from Great Britain. The war cost America between 25,000 and 70,000 lives. So that's, that's a big gap. I said, I know that's a big gap. But they said they didn't really have the best documentation in that day. They had a lot of diseases, and they don't know who was really killed in war or who was really killed by smallpox and all this stuff that thankfully we don't have to worry about. But... Thanks to those sacrifices, we have this freedom. We have this day to celebrate. We have this day to light off fireworks and, and do all these things thanks to their sacrifices. But I want to talk about some biblical sacrifices now. I think today is just, um, I think today's filled with David Day. <laughs> Brother Mason was talking about it this morning. Zach was talking about it tonight. And uh, I'm going to talk about them just a little bit too. So our Bible's filled with events taking place of people that, uh, people have going through events that they just didn't like. So they decided to do something about it. So some of you have heard about the man named David, right? This little bitty guy. Now I'm not going to 1 Samuel 30. That's a little too far for me. But we want to talk about him when he was young. When he was just in his youth. Before he was ever a warrior. Before he was ever a great leader, a king. He was just in his youth. And, and if you guys have read 1 Samuel 17, you know how his dad told him, you know, hey, bring, take these goods, take these cheeses, take this food, take them to your brothers who are at war with the Philistines and give them nourishment and just kind of see how your brothers are doing. Make sure their brothers are okay. So he's like, all right, whatever, you know, I'm going to leave these sheep and take them some cheese. <laughs> but while he's there, he sees this Philistine. That is defying the army of the living God. We all know that this Philistine was Goliath. David was not happy. So what does he do? He decides to do something about it. And he's just a youth. He's not had any training. He's been tending sheep. 1 Samuel 17 and 32 says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Uh, I just have reason to believe that I think Saul was just kind of started laughing just a little bit. 
He's got all these excellent warriors that are scared to go up against Goliath. But he gets this young kid. All of you adults can relate to that. Older adults. Have this young kid that comes up and says, I'll do it. I want to take him on. I don't like what he's saying. I don't like what he's doing. I don't like what he's saying about my God and what he's saying about the army of the living God. David felt so strongly that Goliath had to be stopped that he's willing to sacrifice his own life and battle this man that was bigger. He was stronger. He was more experienced at war and battle than David was, but he didn't care. So he battled him. And since we're talking about freedom, we know the outcome of that. If David had not defeated Goliath, do you guys know the outcome of what that was? It was that the children of Israel, the men of God, would have to be servants to the Philistines. That was the deal Goliath made. He come out and said, all right, send whoever you want. We'll go to battle. If I win, you guys are our servants. If you win, we're your servants. That was just a deal he made because he thought that he could not be beaten. He was a huge guy. No one was willing to battle. He knew that everybody was scared, so he had no reason to be nervous. But we all know that David was a man after God's own heart. God wasn't going to let anything happen to him, especially right now at this time. Because we all know that David was going to be later king and all that stuff. So we know that nothing's going to happen to him at his youth before he's ever even had the opportunity. So we know that he's de he defeated him with that sling and a stone. And my aim is terrible, so I have no idea how, what that's like. But he hit him with one rock, knocked him down. But God's given us a new kind of freedom. A freedom that we could get, not get any other way. Because we are born into sin, all of us make mistakes on a daily basis. We just talked about that, right? The Bible tells us that there is a price to pay when we sin. The book of Romans tells us that the wages of sin is death. But we know that that's not the end. We know that God robed himself in flesh, came to this earth, to die on a cross, that we may have forgiveness because of his sacrifice. John 8.36 says, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Romans 6.18, Being then made free from sin, ye become the servants of the righteousness. And then Romans 6.22 says, But now, being made free from sin, and become servants to God, Ye have your fruit unto, hol unto holiness, and the end everlasting. So God has called us to be his servants. He's called us to be free. He's freed us from our sin. But by freeing us from our sin, we become servants unto him. Now, many would say that if we become servants unto God, then we're not free. Right? But the writer of Romans is telling us that because Christ has made us free, we are to be his servants, right? Now, that doesn't sound much like freedom, just like I said. That's not freedom. If we're servants, if I have to be your servant, I'm not free. Because if I'm your servant, you tell me what to do, I do it, whether I want to or not. But he explains what he means in Romans 6, 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants... Ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. 
I had to read that several times. I'll be honest. It gets kind of wordy. But he says, basically what he's saying is, whatever you decide to obey, whatever you decide to do, that's what you're going to be a servant to. If you decide that wealth is what you want to be a servant to, making money, buying the nicest things, that's what you're going to be a servant to. Because when you get in debt up to your eyeballs, when you buy all these things that you don't have the money for, you're going to continue working and working and working to pay for those. You are a servant to that debt. So what he is saying is how we choose to live our lives will determine how we are serving or who we are serving. But there's only two options. Either you are living for God or you're caught up in the world. God doesn't say you can go do this and this and then come see me whenever you want. He says you're either living for me or you're living for the world. So the Bible tells us that there can only be one. In Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters. For he will either hate the other, hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. He said you can't. We know by reading the word that God does not like a person that is lukewarm. Someone that is riding the fence. Because he would rather you be for him or against him. He doesn't want someone who's riding the fence saying, you know what, God, I'll serve you today. I'll serve you on Sunday, a.m. and p.m. You know what, I'll even throw in a Wednesday. But the other days, they're mine to be wherever I want, okay? But I'm going to give you those days. You know, we're going to split this up 50-50. But serving the Lord is not as hard as people make it out to be. Right? You know, God lets us know, God lets us know that in Matthew. Matthew 11:30, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. He tells us this. So some people don't want to serve the Lord because they they've got friends, they've got people, they've got a reputation to uphold, right? Because or they don't want to serve the Lord because there's a bunch of rules, do's and don'ts and you can't do this, you can't do that. And I, I gotta wear this, I can't wear that. I got. Isn't our world full of rules? Is it, is it not full of things that we have to do, whether we want to or not? So if, I, if I'm driving down the road, I wanna go 55 miles an hour down here on Cherry Street. I wouldn't recommend it. That's a little bumpy. Just an example. But I can't do that. The laws tell me I can't do that. If I want to go, you know, swimming in the swimming pool at midnight, I can't just hop the fence and go do it. Because there's rules. You know, if I want to, if I, if, if I go to work and my job tells me that I have to wear a certain uniform, I can't just show up in this attire. They're not going to like that. It might be a little uncomfortable to me anyway, but they're not going to like that. But what do we do? When your job says that you have to wear a hairnet, a hairnet cover up that pretty hair, what are you going to do? You're going to wear that hairnet. 
Because what happens when you don't wear that hairnet? Oh, you don't have a job, right? So you're going to do whatever somebody tells you to do. Somebody tells you that, oh, you want that really long beard? That's fine. Put that thing in a hairnet. <laughs> you're going to put one of them hairnets on. Or you're going to get tired of it and you're going to shave that beard. Whichever one you want to do. There's places out there that if you're covered in tattoos, they want them covered up. And that's, I'm not saying don't get them. That's not me. I'm not the judge of that. But if a job tells you to cover them up or to not get them to where you can see them, what are you going to do? It's a rule. You're going to cover them up. So our world is full of rules. It's full of things that we have to do on a daily basis. But we feel like we're not in control. You're in control of that. You can get a different job. You can do whatever else you want to do. But you feel like because that's a paycheck, because that's going to affect your lifestyle and your living, that you're willing to sacrifice what you want to do for what you have to do. But uh, living for Christ is no different than living in the world. Some people just don't like to be told what to do. They don't like to open up their Bible and the Bible tell you, do this, don't do this, and you're fine. That's pretty easy. For, for anybody that doesn't want to be a rebel, <laughs> although we all want to be sometimes, right? It's pretty easy. Someone tells you to do something, you do it. Someone tells you not to do something, you don't do it. Unless you're my son. You tell him to do something, he doesn't do it. You tell him not to do something, he's going to do it. Telling him today at lunch, his face was all dirty from eating. He wants to run around. I said, Lucas, look at me. I'm this way. He turns this way. I said, no, that's not how we do this. He's still learning. But adults, we've already learned. Or some of us still need to learn. It all depends on what you choose to serve. Or who. God's given us a choice. He's given us the ability to choose what we want to do. Because if God would have it, these church pews would be full. Everyone would be praising God. And there wouldn't be anybody who just wanted to go out and just sin freely and do whatever they want and do this and that. They would be willing to come to church and show up no matter what's going on, no matter what the weather's like, no matter how they feel. They will be in these doors because God would want them there. But because he gave us the choice, we decide to go off, make our own decisions, make our own mistakes, and hopefully be led back to the church. But it is up to us to bring them here. Because you can see that these church pews are not filled. And you know, Bishop, whenever he preaches and teaches, he often tells us how much of this city is unchurched. That people that never even darken a church door. So it is up to us to bring them in here. So the altar's open, and I want to leave you with this question. Who or what will you choose to serve today? The world? I mean, it might feel good. It might make you feel good. It might give you a sense of freedom and be like everyone else, right? Because when you're like everyone else, no one's going to judge you. No one's going to make you feel bad. 
You're not going to have those thoughts of like, oh, man, what are they going to think about me? What are they going to say? If you're like everyone else, or will you choose to serve the one true living God? Whose road is not always easy. I'm going to be honest. It's not always easy. It might get a little bumpy. But it will lead you to the most wonderful destination that will be nothing like you could ever think or imagine. So who will you choose to serve today? Are you going to choose to serve the world, the things of the world, the things that whenever we die are not even going to go with us? Are we going to have the idols like the song Alex was talking about, singing about? Or are we going to build our altar in church? So I just want to challenge everybody who will today. Come forward. Seek the Lord. Open up your heart. Because God's already done a work in this place today. You guys have already felt the presence. You guys have already felt the anointing. And it doesn't stop there. You can have it each and every time you come through these doors. But it's not dependent on God. It's not dependent on whether he's going to be here or not. Because God's always going to be here. God's always going to be there where his people are. He's always going to be seeking the praise and the adoration and the worship. So the only thing lacking is us. Are we going to choose to worship him and give him all the glory and all the honor that he deserves? Or are we going to choose to sit back in our pew and give him three services a week, if that, and uh, do our own thing every other day? So that's what I want to leave you guys with. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.